the very first group seminar I created was called F Gratitude. I just want to be happy. And as you know, where that came from was the motivation of my husband. And what I did was look at the brain and the chemicals that create happiness. And I looked at how hypnosis and through the use of self-hypnosis, we can hypnotize ourselves into the neural transmission of happiness. And in the process, yes, gratitude is part of it, but it's part of the hopscotch game that I created. So each and every day we can hopscotch our way to happiness through whatever grayness is going on. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I have a guest with me, Jennifer Ibbotson Rodriguez, who is a virtual hypnotic coach. And our episode is one of the most powerful I've done in quite some time. Now, I do want to warn you about some of the content. We get right into the story that she shares about her husband's gratitude journey as a disabled veteran. And there is talk about suicide and suicidal ideations. So if these topics are off limits for you and not something that you're comfortable listening to, you can skip forward to about the eight minute mark and you'll still get so much from this podcast. Jennifer shows us how to bridge the gap from when we need gratitude the most to become someone who exudes gratitude every single day. I really can't wait till you hear this story. And Jen offers us a wonderful tool called Hopscotch to Happiness. So make sure you check out the links in the podcast episode in order to download a free copy of that for yourself. Also, I learned a lot about hypnosis and what self-hypnosis is and how to do manifesting in ways that I'd never thought of before. So there's new things that I learned and I'm sure you will as well. And I'm so grateful for Jen sharing her story and her really raw, authentic self with us in today's episode. I have some really exciting news to share with you. And at the same time, I'm going to be asking for your help. So the big news is that this year, 2023, marks the 10th anniversary of my book, 30 Days of Gratitude, the gratitude program that will change your life. I took a long break this summer from the podcast, from social media, from working to recover from burnout and deal with my chronic pain. And one thing that I did every single day was writing. And I thought, what an exciting way to honor all the work I've been doing with gratitude over the past decade and to share with you so many of the other incredible guests from the podcast than to do an updated and revised edition of 30 Days of Gratitude. The working title for the new book is 30 Days of Gratitude, a guide to facing life's challenges with gratitude. And here's how you can help me. I've got a very short survey asking you a few questions about how this podcast helped you and how you're practicing gratitude. Visit wakeupwithgratitude.com forward slash survey to complete the survey. 
Your input will help me as I'm putting this book together and preparing my book proposal over the next couple of months. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener of the podcast and your feedback is very much appreciated. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Jennifer Ibbotson Rodriguez, a wonderful virtual hypnotic coach all the way from Colorado. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Julie, and thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk to you today. I have so many notes from our first few conversations and I had to tell Jen to stop talking because (laughs) I was like, I'm not recording right now and you're just giving away all, you're telling me all the good stuff. (laughs) I know. I just enjoy speaking with you, Julie. I will admit. Oh, so fun. We, it's funny. We met through this great group that we're both part of this authorpreneur group through Hay House where we are both, you know, in the midst of writing our book proposals is an exciting time. And I had asked in the group if there was anybody who wanted to be a guest on the podcast and that, you know, I'm doing this podcast about gratitude. And normally when I begin the podcast, I ask the guest to share their story. But when Jen reached out to me, the first thing she said is, my story that I have to share is actually about my husband's gratitude journey as a disabled veteran. And I thought, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear more about it. And when she shared the story with me, I knew that you, my listeners, would also want to hear this story first. So if you don't mind sharing, we'd love to hear this. Well, thank you, Julie. Um, I'm very proud of my husband's progress from the start of this story to where we finish it. So I sort of want to preface it with that. But in 2017, I believe it was, we were sitting in a brand new doctor's office. And my husband, for the first time since, well, being blown up in Iraq, um, was finally admitting to a physician rather than to me, his desperation in his life, his pain, his lack of wanting to live. And and it was a very emotionally charged conversation, I will admit. And it still kind of chokes me up. So I... I was so proud of my husband because he was admitting all these things that I had been the one to have to carry for so long. And I did. I I felt grateful for just a second. And the doctor took off his glasses. He looked my husband straight in the eye. And I really, I was like, we're going to get an answer. And the doctor just said, well, you just need to find gratitude. And my heart sank. My Literally, my heart sank. I was expecting them to take my husband away and put him in a hospital and, and care for his suicidal ideation, for his pain and his lack of desire to live. That That's what needed to happen in that moment, not to be told to find gratitude. And so we we grabbed each other's hands. I grabbed my purse. We stood up and we walked out of that office. And my husband under his breath said, 
Hopefully you have access to a bleep button, Julie. He said, fuck gratitude. I just want to ha- I just want to be happy, right? Like he just wanted to be happy, wanted to not want to die. And as we were walking out of that medical facility and we got in the car and I absorbed all the information, it hit me. I had accepted my whole life hearing, it's all in your head, it's all in your head. But to hear it said to my war hero of a husband, with the amount of surgeries he had gone through to, you know, to fix his back, to fix his knee, you know, the amount of therapists he had gone through, one of which had actually killed himself while he was treating my husband for depression. Uh, The best friend who had killed himself after coming back from war and the whole, the whole deployment blaming my husband for whatever reason, all of that was supposed to be fixed by gratitude. And I, and I got angry. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what the bleep we know about the brain and mindset management. And I dedicated myself. The VA had already made me responsible for his well-being. I was his caregiver. I had to do it. He had given up. And that's when I became a hypnotist. And I'm fast forwarding now to this man now corrects me on my level of gratitude. (laughs) This man is now grateful for everything. And it took a lot because there was a day where he was exploding about gratitude and about hearing, oh, thank you for your service, mama, mama. Oh, thank you for your service, mama, mama. From all these people making excuses why they didn't serve, making excuses for why they believed against his service. Oh, but they, and he blew up one day and I said, well, why don't you start a gratitude campaign? And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, why don't you just start writing everybody that you have ever encountered or wished you could encounter that you could thank for their impact on you. My husband sent out roughly 2,500 thank you letters to everybody from politicians to movie stars to business people. My husband wrote personal letters and then received letters back from people like Jimmy Carter Foundation. Chris Christie hand wrote him a letter and crossed out a misspelled word. So we know he did it himself, right? Like just crazy things. Um, The Rock sent him a thank you for thanking me picture. Uh, Like, so he became entrenched in gratitude and it turned around his experience now, yes, it opened his eyes to everything else he needed yeah. to recognize in life, right? So that's 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 the story of gratitude for me. Wow. I I feel like you took us on a very a journey there in like five minutes of absolute total desperation to complete hope and just a feeling of lightness and love by sharing that story. So thank you for thank you for sharing a story that belongs with you but not to you. Mm. I know that's not easy to share. Uh and I thank you for that for your willingness to be open about especially being 
with someone who has expressed suicide ideations as a partner, that must have been very difficult to hold that space, as you said. And I just find it so interesting that a medical practitioner's guidance would have been, you just have to find gratitude. That to me in itself is, I think it's like the whole twist to this story, right? It is the twist. Now, here's the thing. I am so grateful that medical practitioners are recognizing the need of mindset management and gratitude and and all of that within their practices. But it was almost like this particular doctor went from one extreme to another. And I believe in my practice is based upon the gray in between black and white. Yeah, there's that. There is that distance, that gap you mentioned about those who need the gratitude the most versus those who often show up in the public eye about gratitude and are very inspirational or aspirational. And that it's seems like when your husband was first introduced to gratitude, the gap was just so wide. And you, I believe, are the one who found the tools to help bring that gap together. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, the very first group seminar I created was called F Gratitude. I just want to be happy. And as you know, where that came from was the motivation of my husband. And what I did was look at the brain and the chemicals that create happiness. And I looked at how hypnosis and through the use of self-hypnosis, we can hypnotize ourselves into the neural transmission of happiness. And in the process, yes, gratitude is part of it, but it's part of the hopscotch game that I created. So each and every day we can hopscotch our way to happiness through whatever grayness is going on. And um, you know what, for the fun of it, since we're bringing it up on this podcast, I will create a link for you, Julie, if you would like to offer that to anybody who's listening. Um, I have hopscotch your way to happiness and gratitude is definitely oh my the main square yes, <laughs> in that game oh my god but it also talks please. about uh like just the different brain chemicals that go into creating happiness how we can in a healthy harmoniously well-balanced way address obtaining those chemicals every single day whether you use hypnosis or not that's not a requirement Essentially, hypnosis is just the mindset management tool that I personally choose. There are many tools mm-hmm. of mindset management available today. Yeah. Right. As I mean, gratitude is one of them. Absolutely. Yes. That being said, as you mentioned, it's not the only one and there are other ways. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because you talk about self-hypnosis. Yes. And I have experienced hypnosis. Like I've been, I've had sessions done. Uh, I've had someone record a session for me to listen to, you know, over and over again while I was preparing for surgery. And I had never really heard of self-hypnosis before. And 
I'd love to have you explain it, how it works, and maybe even give us an example of it. Sure. Well, I'm actually, may I use the example that you've given of your own situation? Of course. I appreciate that, Julie, because I honestly didn't prepare an example. (laughs) I apologize. What were you telling yourself, if I may ask, and you can be as generic as you want, but what were you telling yourself about your surgery prior to receiving the session and or recording that you then listened to? So the reason I I decided to pursue hypnosis for this surgery is that many years earlier, I had had uh, a DNC after a miscarriage and- the DNC uh, led to uh, an infection Mm. and a life-threatening infection that left Mm. me in a medically induced coma for a week. Oh my gosh. I almost lost my life. And I had this very real fear of going, I knew I needed this surgery to, it was a full hysterectomy and it was really critical for my health that I do it, but I had been putting it off for years Knowing because that what had happened before what you had going right. in your head. Exactly. So you had a lived experience that yes. created a belief that yep. created a blockage yeah. to interrupt. May I? Yeah, no, that's right. You got it. Like just boom, boom, boom. That is such an amazing story, right? Like, so you had a lived experience, a valid lived experience that your brain then survived in a way that created a story for yourself. And that story then stopped your ability to move past it at a time where you knew you needed to. Mm -hmm. That is exactly self-hypnosis. X happened and you told yourself something and you held on to it and you kept telling yourself, you kept telling yourself it became a neurofeedback loop. Even though it was based in fact, You gave yourself the suggestion that it would remain a fact forever, no matter what, or something to that extent. So the neurofeedback loop of your self-hypnotic trance about this thought process needed an interruption. It needed to be reframed. It needed to be shifted for you to do what you knew you could, knew you wanted, and knew you needed to do. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The hypnotist gave you a tool that you then accepted as fact, continued the suggestion yourself by listening to the tool and through, it's like, okay, real quick, may I use the example of going to the gym and hiring a personal trainer? The personal trainer does not do the exercises for you, even if they lead you and show you how they're done. The personal trainer is not the reason that your body gets healthier, stronger, and the way that you wanted, the way that you intended, right? So a hypnotist is the personal trainer of the brain. Plain and simple. Your brain is the equipment you were born with. And Because nobody in society is teaching us how to properly utilize it. They're only, unfortunately, and maybe not on purpose, but they're just utilizing it, right? Mm -hmm. 
yeah. media, education, even loving parents, right? Everything is sort of setting up a societal state of hypnosis. Right. So in my belief system, a hypnotist, whether we call ourselves a hypnotherapist, whether we call ourselves a consulting hypnotist, whether we call ourselves a clinical hypnotist, right? All of these differing terms that have no actual licenses behind them. There is personal coaching at the heart of it all, empowering the truth of what is possible versus the misperceptions and limiting beliefs of the societal trance we have chosen to live in. I, it's so interesting the way you explain it. I love it. It, it really is helpful to think of it in that way as the personal trainer for the brain, right? This tool that we have that we were born with that is malleable, right? We're not stuck with, you know, our programs that were written in childhood, although those are obviously often the invisible ones. Um, but it's really interesting. It's a conversation for another podcast about breaking the trance, but a lot of my work that I've been doing through my TikTok videos and my sort of poetry that I write is about the decisions I've made to no longer subscribe to what society told me that I had to do and trying to figure out how to navigate in a way that's like opposite to all the things and messages that I thought were real. Right. Especially in our generation. Yeah. We were the generation that was not taught to acknowledge or accept that we had feelings other than, well, whatever. I accept it. I can deal with it. Right. We were the feral children who raised ourselves, raised our siblings, and some of us even raised our parents. Mm. Right. So all of a sudden, we're in this gap of actually being financially responsible for both parents and children. And we're kind of stuck in this mid stage of not knowing who we even are yet. Right. And so to strip away all of the misperceptions of, the labels that we have heard our whole lives that never resonated and were never true, right? To find your authentic self. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. No, but I know. I have the opportunity to get off topic. (laughs) There's no off topic in this podcast, which is super fun. And, you know, I wrote down when we were originally talking how important authenticity was for you and how, and again, the word authenticity is now like twisted and right. It's like, well, what is your authentic self and all these things. But I mean, we are part of this Gen X, this generation who, first of all, we're like this invisible generation. It's like, what are these? Who are these? Totally Gen X? forgotten, right? right? Like totally we either forgotten. meld into yeah. the boomers or we try to meld into the millennials because nobody let us be yeah. us. Yeah. We weren't allowed to have a childhood. So we're now, anyway, that's a different yeah. conversation. It's so fun. Fun. But it's interesting because all these things have like brought us to where we are today, where, you know, so much of the messaging that we hear all the time is about achievement and uh, striving and getting the medals. And we certainly were not the participation medal generation. Like you (laughs) needed to get like first place, like those ribbons, those gold medals were important. Those good grades, you were rewarded for that. So we are very um, different generation for sure. And 
I love that you're bringing up the fact that, you know, we can use this self-hypnosis to teach ourselves a different message to really become ourselves that we don't even know, like you said, that's like missing because we just grew up with these such a strong message. So I think, you know, when we come back to the work that you do, um, you know, the, the value of hypnosis, one thing that, um, that really impacted me was the movie, The Secret. Mm. And you mentioned, because The Secret got a lot of flack, right? Because there is definitely some, you know, you you can't just like put it on a vision board and it's going to come true. Fair enough. But you- And also the guilt that comes along with, you put it on a vision board and it doesn't come true. What did I do wrong? Yeah. Ah, that's, yeah. That's a pick me on that one. Like I've made so many vision boards. I can't manifest. I know. But I manifested this other thing. So I don't understand how this manifestation. I can manifest my fears. I can manifest my pain. Wait, wait. If I can manifest the worst, I can manifest the best. And that connection of the mind is, I think what you're getting to. I call hypnosis and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So if I use the short term and say hypnosis... I'm still yeah. talking self-hypnosis, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So um so all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And you were saying that hypnosis is that secret sauce. The secret sauce. Thank you. <laughs> to get off of the secret for a second in my brain. So I believe that the missing components to the secret, whether it was the book or the movie or whatever, is the belief system in the brain and how we action plan and materialize our beliefs, right? That, that is the, the, you know, we're throwing around a lot of trite cliche words right now that people don't enjoy, right? Gratitude, manifestation, um, authenticity. Thank you. I was like, gosh, there's an A in there. Authenticity, Authenticity. all these things, yeah, all of these things. Um, But when we get to the heart of what it really means to us, it is embedded in the subconscious. And the subconscious is the long-running tape of every lived experience. Mm -hmm. So for going back to your example, we have a lived experience that we base a belief on. We may not even recognize it because it happens, let's say, before we're six years old or before we're 12 years old. And it's such a strong belief that is then reinforced by, let's say, the parents around us or the society Mm -hmm. that we choose to encounter And then we just keep manifesting it over and over. Our authentic self seems to be a failure when in reality, it is the recording from an earlier stage that we're just still playing, right? A lot of my clients, when they realize they've gone through all of their healing, and I I connect with the future self Mm -hmm. to clean up the, the youngest self, but what they realize when they get to their healed self knowledge, they got over everything a long time ago. They're just dragging it around with them, right? They're just like not letting it go. And so the ability to just simply go, oh, wait, I did get over this and I let it go. And now I choose to believe something else was the moment that you had in allowing yourself to have the surgery that you needed to have, right? You said something there that I want to 
come back to. And that is that, you know, you're living as your past self, right? As those things that were, that happened earlier in your life and you're, you're still living as that today because you haven't changed the program. You know, it reminds me of something I think I heard from Mike Dooley was that, you know, everything that you are in the present is actually a result of your past. So your present self is a result of who you were before because that's what shows up in the present. And so this is where I think your work becomes really interesting because you mentioned your future self and this future forward hypnotherapy sounds really interesting if we're to get away, like you said, and let go of that past and and become in the present. Well, so tell me what, more Mike, about this. Think yeah. about what Mike Dooley, yeah. what you just said that he yeah. said, right? If you can do that in reverse, you can do that in the present. So if you know that everything you did before got you to be who you are today, if you can connect with who you want to be and do the things today, to get to them, your action planning, the manifestation of your actualized mm. envisioned self. So for example, let's go back to when this was a naturally occurring thing for all of our brains. When was the last time you held on to what I want to be when I grow up and did the things that that type of a person would do? It's probably like elementary school, maybe high school, where you're like, okay, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. So I write every single day because I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. Yeah. Or let's something more present in, in our adult world, right? Like, let's say you've just lived through a three-year pandemic and you're imagining your first beach vacation in three years. And you're like, ooh, do I want three-year pandemic body or do I want, <laughs> you know, right? So like then you're planning your vacation in six months and you're getting into shape because you're taking your future self with you rather than your past self with you. It's really that simple, but yeah. when we use the word hypnosis, people want to pretend like we're talking magic or mind control or something, right? Yeah. It's it's just mental gymnastics, getting healthy, getting it's, strong and being fluid. <laughs> yeah, and there's there is that there is that proponent of acting as if so if I could share a story about how we ended up here in British Columbia. So we're from Eastern Canada outside of Toronto. And at the beginning of 2017, I knew that I wanted, like we had talked about moving to British Columbia, but we, you know, we hadn't really made it a plan. But at the beginning of the year, we like wrote down like an intention statement and I lived that. Like I already, I said we would be living in BC by December of 2017. And so every action I took was acting as though I already knew that everything was working out for us to live in a year's time. Just even from the very beginning of the year, we took, we decided to do a trip to Disney World with our daughter because we knew that it would be harder to get to Disney World when we lived on the other side of the country. So even from that first, you know, trip, we were like, we're doing this now because when we live in BC, it's gonna be harder to get to Disney world. So we want to go there and take my mother-in-law because it'll be a lot harder to do when we don't live near her. And right down to, um, 
in October of that year, we still, our plans were still, there were no plans solidified at all for the move. Our house was for sale, hadn't sold, but tickets for the um, Star Wars movie um, that was coming out that December were going on sale. And I am such a huge Star Wars fan that I needed to get the tickets. It was the last shot. I needed to get the tickets ahead of time. And it was coming out in December. And I said to myself, do I get the tickets for where we live? Do I get the tickets for where we want to live? And I bought tickets for where we wanted to live. It was a big leap. And my real estate agent told me that once I told him that I had bought the tickets like for the place we were moving to, he he knew that it was all going to work out. I mean, it did. And then disaster struck after we moved, but that's a whole other story. And I think that's like, I think that's a lesson sometimes around manifestation is like, um, you may manifest exactly what you want, but then if you're not thinking about what happens next, doesn't always turn out exactly as you plan. I'll tell you a story real quick. I manifested the best opportunity of my life, I thought, and seven days later ended up underneath the World Trade Center. So I was living in Seattle, desperately wanting to move and transfer my job to the Manhattan location. Really, best sale of my life, closed that transfer, got there seven days later, literally under the first plane as it's crashing into the building above my head. And to recognize what you're saying, like, yeah, I manifested what I wanted and I got what I didn't want, right? Like it it changed everything. Could I have possibly known that? No, no. I could not have known that there would be a terror attack seven days after I created exactly what I wanted. And can we both look back at experiences that were devastating with a lens of gratitude? It took learning how I was self-hypnotizing myself about that. Because what I did was I told myself for the first decade, it it was my fault. I was, I, I was so spoiled and selfish and lazy because there's a lot of other reasons why I accidentally was underneath the building that had to do with, I didn't want to ride the express that morning. I was tired. You know, I I didn't want to stand. I wanted to sit. I wanted to read Oprah's book club rather than just getting to work right away. Like there was a lot of lazy and selfish reasons for me to be under that tower. And so for 10 years, that was my neurofeedback loop, that it was my fault that I was there. I had made it happen. I shouldn't have been there. It was why I was sick. It was why I had everything fall apart. But would I be me of today? Would I have the level of compassion I have for those who have lived through the unlivable if I hadn't also gone through it myself? And I mean, with the environmental illness that I had to get through and then the emotional side of getting sure. through and that, right, right. And then to take on the responsibility of a combat veteran recovering from the war that I accidentally was blaming myself for having accidentally started because of all of my selfishness, right? Like, oh, it's amazing what we can do to ourselves in our head. It's amazing yeah. what the stories we can repeat 
that aren't helpful, right? And they're not any more true than the stories we tell to create great things. Yeah. Right. And so people want to believe that like, oh, you're telling yourself positive things. Stop lying to yourself. Well, you're telling yourself negative things. Stop lying to yourself. (laughs) Right. Live in the gray. (laughs) Be neutral at least. Yeah. And that it's, I love what you said about having often, like it's the hardest experiences that we've been through that make us the most compassionate, empathetic human beings that we become because we have that ability of having our lived experience allow us to connect with someone who may have had a different lived experience, but also traumatic. And there's no life without trauma. There's nobody who escapes it. And whatever it is, it it's our choice, like you said, to change the tape and to live in survivor's guilt or live in gratitude and live in a world where, I mean, your husband did it, right? Mm -hmm. He was in a world of blame and hurt and pain Mm -hmm. and gratitude was a huge part of that process. I mean, he did the work too, right? He did that. I mean, 2,500 letters. That's incredible. That work to move forward. And it's the same with your, the hypnosis work, right? There's work to be done. It's not, you just like you said, it's not magic, but it's, it does work when we tell ourselves, right? The yeah, opposite of the It feels like magic. That's the confusing <laughs> it like, thing. It, it does. It magic like, when you tell yourself yeah. for 10, 20, 50 years yeah. that you can't do something. And then all of a sudden you realize you can, yeah. you feel magic all of a sudden. So I get why hypnosis gets a bad rap. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. So much. Listen, my friends, I know we've been, we've taken you, taken you on such a roller coaster today. We've been all over the place, talked about lots of different lived experiences that both Jen and I have had and how, you know, our mindset, manifestation, gratitude, all these things have helped us get through it. What I'd love uh, for you to leave our listeners with, if this is okay, if you can think of something today, right now, are there gratitude practices that you and your husband are doing on a daily basis? You said he often reminds you about it. So what kind of things um, around gratitude are in your life right now? I love this question. Thank you. Because I think we get real stuck into the, oh, let's just make a list of the three things we're super grateful for, right? But it's really stepping into the emotion of feeling grateful that is important, right? And our practice really revolves around being present in the moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. Any time we are outside of the moment we are in, we lose the ability to maintain gratitude authentically, at least for us. Yeah. So as we ground into whatever moment we're in, we're recognizing the temperature of the room is just right. But, you know, the the bite of the food is so delicious. You know, the working for the meal that we are creating together, you know, we love cooking together. It's one of the things that we just do. <laughs> and so cooking and eating together is probably where we find most of our presence and gratitude. Oh, that and I love that because we can all do that. It's one of my favorite things about gratitude is it's so simple and sometimes it's so obvious 
and we forget yeah. about it and you bringing it into things that you're doing together that you already love, bringing the gift of presence to your partner. I, that's just beautiful. What a wonderful way to practice gratitude. So as we wrap things up, um, tell me how people can best connect with you if they'd like to learn more about your work or an upcoming book that you've got. Where do we connect with you? Thank you. Um, I, in a lot of social media areas, am called Hypnosis Demystified because I really, as a practicer of the art of hypnosis, I don't know how to say it. Anyway, as a hypnotist, I believe my main job is just making hypnosis more understood. So if you look up Hypnosis Demystified, you'll most likely find me. But if you'd like to go to my website, you can find me at hypnosishaven.com. So we'll make sure, as always, we'll make sure the links are easily accessible and especially the gift that you mentioned, your hopscotch to happiness as well. I will make sure to get that to you and your listeners. Oh, amazing. So looking forward to it. Uh, Jen, just again, a huge thank you for sharing so many vulnerable parts of your story. Thank you for sharing your husband's story with us and for giving people hope. And I appreciate you. I love this perspective you've brought to hypnosis, to myself, to our listeners. And I'm just so grateful that we had this time together. Well, thank you. I as well am grateful for you for offering me this time with you. It's been fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. Enjoy your day. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app, You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly, and you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories, and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.